Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of Untucked. Uh, on this week's Coach's Corner, we are talking about um, a new proposal being considered by the White House to incentivize more Americans to buy stocks. Um, we review a, uh, a little bit of a different take on the streaming wars from Scott Galloway. And finally, we discuss the cheating scandal with the Astros in Major League Baseball. Hope you guys enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 22 of Untucked. This is Megan. Mike. This is Jeff. Thanks for joining us this week. Um, did you guys know that kissing someone is more sanitary than shaking hands with them? Hmm. I didn't know that. No, I, yeah, I did not. But Are you going to disagree with it? No, I'm just, I find it a little bit hard to believe. That's a flat-out disagreement. No, I'm just... It's not. I'm, I'm not saying that's, you're wrong. I'm just saying it's hard to believe. What hands if I just What just... if I just washed my hands? I think... Uh, yeah, I guess if you just washed your hands, Mike, your hands would be more sanitary than someone's lips. But I think... I don't think it's like making out with someone. I think it's like if you're walking to like Thanksgiving dinner and you... Greet everyone with oh, a peck on the cheek. So you're not like tonguing the person yeah. in this example. Oh, okay. I think it's a peck on the cheek is okay, probably more. Now it you makes sense. to say that. <laughs> Do you go to the same source for your facts? Not always. Okay. No. I thought you were going to ask about like making out or something. No, no, Do no. Do you no, go no, to the no. same? No. I really don't care about that. <laughs> but that would that's interesting, right? It's like if you're meeting someone or you're concerned about like cold and flu season at the holiday gathering you're better off giving a hug and a peck on the cheek than shaking their hands. Are you a fist bumper? If someone's sick, I'm a fist bumper. Absolutely. Do you think fist bumping will just become the new handshaking norm? I think it should. I feel really strongly about that. No, I love a handshake. I prefer a handshake over a fist bump. Hmm. As an adult greeting. Do you think... Um, the, the coronavirus masks are going to become kind of like commonplace from here on out. I, I feel like the mask doesn't I feel do like it. the masks are taking over, but they're handing them out in doctor's offices now, like as a routine, like here, you get one mask per patient, go. And if you're coughing at all, they just, they, they throw a mask right over your face. I can't imagine that the mask is going to prevent an illness being transferred. I can't imagine that you're telling me putting a mask, a little piece of cloth over your mouth is going to stop a harmful virus from entering your body. You still have to breathe, don't you? You're still breathing air, aren't you? It's not like the sickness with the, if the person who has the mask on is sick, it's not staying in their mask, is it? It has to help. Otherwise it's got to go the through mask? the mask, right? Yeah, but it probably, has a hard time going through the mask. <laughs> a harder time. I doubt it. 
It says it's, I just Googled it, and this is a Huffington Post article, so I mean, could be totally wrong. It says it slows down the spread of airborne viruses. There you go. By by what percentage? Like if it's 80%, okay. If it's like 12, which it probably is, I think we're going to look back on this years from now and say those masks were were pretty stupid. So I was at the Flyers game last night, and Gritty was just doing his normal stuff. And I thought it would be funny if Gritty had a mask on. That you would know? be good, yeah. But then I thought, would he be sort of – would he get ripped for making fun of, like, coronavirus and, you know, there's people that died from it? And would he? Would it be, like, non-PC for him to wear a mask, like, poking fun at the whole, like, flu thing? Yeah, it'd be a, that would be a bit insensitive. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I thought it would just be kind of funny. Putting it on a mascot, which clearly, like, it's not even a thing. It's just right. – would you go with a mascot size mask or would you have him use a normal small size mask? A big orange mask would be great. Anyway. I can't believe we're talking about yeah. All right, so <laughs> We don't have a lot of Philly sports to talk about, so we're kind of killing did time. Did the Flyers the, win the game? They did. They did. Okay. Yep. 5-1. They did what they had to do. It was, good. It, it was a big game. It was important. They won. Although I will say I expected it to be more, you know, like, energetic and lively in there it was pretty quiet it's pretty quiet the crowd yeah it's a big game was it full like was the was it no really? it was not seats were to, tickets were were to be had if you wanted wow hmm. so but they hey whatever they, they they won the game they beat a team that that they should have that's like in their way they so. moved a point ahead of columbus for third place in the east now right Yes, but Columbus is not their issue because Columbus has lost their best defenseman for the year. Like, they're not going to be a, a threat. But with hockey, in order for them to make the playoffs, they need to finish in the top 15 of the East. Is that how it works with hockey? No. Top I'm making, eight. I'm making fun of hockey. <laughs> 16 teams make the playoffs, right? It's no That's worse than basketball. The NBA. It's top okay. eight in each conference. It just seems like a lot in hockey. I guess it's How many same. teams are there? There's 30... One, I believe, soon to be 32. I think there's only 30 NBA teams, right? Okay, I don't know. <clears throat> so, anyway, not not much to say. They, they they did what they had to do. They got lucky bounces. They scored five goals on 15 shots, which wow. never happens. Yeah. So, it was fun. Cool. That's it, right? No, nothing else in Philly? Yeah, Sixers are on all-star break. Mm-hmm. They come back, I think, Thursday. Um, Joe and Ben both played in the All-Star game. Ben was on Team LeBron, which won. Yep. Joel was on Team Giannis. Team Giannis, yep. Ben uh, gave Joel a, ha- uh, a healthy uh, ass smack at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see Joel turn around? Mm-hmm. He, if it wasn't Ben, he was going to, like, <laughs> throw hands. Uh, yeah, I did not watch any of the All-Star game. I watched the skills competitions, which were very entertaining. And I heard that the All-Star game was also entertaining. So, good weekend for the NBA, I guess. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of any questions I have for Mike at the Phil- at the Fly Guys game. I don't think I have any. How many more games do the Flyers have this season? How uh, many games do they play? 82. Oh. So, they probably have, I mean, I'm, I don't They probably have 20 left. They play until the first week of April. So, um, the, you know, every game's big, 
they're playing mostly Eastern Conference uh, teams from here on out, so it's big point swings every game, win or lose. So I like where they are. I like where they are. So your prediction at the beginning of the year was they're going to make the playoffs and advance, maybe win around. Yeah, maybe. advance a round or two. Yeah, you never know. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, it's. It's and that just, would be better. Did they make the playoffs last year? No. They did not. Right? No. It's been a few years that they made they made the playoffs. I right? think two years ago they made it and got bounced in the first round. Okay. But yeah. They're they're going the right direction. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. And then Meg, the the Sixers have like a third of their season left? Yeah. Okay. About. Mm-hmm. So I guess kind of how we feel about the Sixers. I'm kind of like forgetting about the first two-thirds of the season, <laughs> right? I don't even want to talk about the first two-thirds of the season. Yes. Because all I care about right now is they just signed these two guys, Glenn Robinson, like the third, the third. Alex Burks, and Burks. So I just want to see them start to gel and get on a roll in the last third so they can go into the playoffs. First of all, make the playoffs. And then that's all I care about. Yeah, I'd like to see them – Agreed. Uh, I'd like to see them secure the four seed. I'd like to see Al Horford continue to come off the bench, which is being talked about. He's been apparently told that that's probably going to be what ends up happening. Yeah, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. I feel like the Clippers win was huge. Hopefully the break does well for everybody. And, you know, they come back ready to, like, put their foot on the gas and just go. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It'll be an interesting end of the season for the Sixers. For sure. All right, moving on. Coach's Corner. White House considers a tax incentive for more Americans to buy stocks, sources say. This was written by Kayla Tausch from CNBC. Uh, Kayla's article outlines a proposal the White House is considering to incentivize U.S. households to invest in the stock market. The very early versions of this proposal would allocate a portion of income as tax-free, allow it to be invested in tax-deferred, and then be income taxable when withdrawn. However, it would be outside of the current 401k structure. So I guess we can assume that it wouldn't have the same, like, 59 and a half penalties and restrictions. Yeah, yeah, I guess I would say, obviously, a very early baked version of whatever they're trying to propose. So there's a lot of uncertainty but there's a framework of an idea which is to create another vehicle savings vehicle that's not your typical 401k or ira but it's tax advantaged and it can be that the purpose of the savings is to pay for medical education emergency retirement this is whole you know like kind of a catch-all type yeah. of account I, I'm the confusing part. A couple of things for me is the tax. To, it's not pre-tax income, right. right? So you're already taxed on the money you put in. Well, I think so. Is that right, or is it like tax-free? So I think Kayla needed to um, proofread her article before she published it, right? Because she says in the first paragraph, a household earning up to two hundred thousand can invest. 10,000 of that income on a tax-free basis. Yeah. Well, so what does that mean, No, it's Kayla? after tax. So well, there wait, was, she, okay, go she, ahead. You can make 200 grand. You can invest 10,000 of that income on a tax-free basis. 
And then later she says, money put into the account would be done so on an after-tax basis. Right. So which one is it? So I'm interpreting it. I'm also, um, there was a, a Wall Street Journal article today by Stephen Moore and somebody else who were in support of this, and they were kind of making their arguments for why it's great. And again, it, it looks like it's after-tax dollars, but the tax-free part of it is just that you're not paying taxes on the income and the gains that occurred inside that account so it's while deferred. it's there. It's deferred. And then when you pull the money out, you're paying tax on it. So it's, it's sort of like you can't pay tax twice on the money that you already right that you put in. It's a non-deductible IRA contribution. <laughs> exactly. Seriously, is that it? <laughs> Pretty much. You, yeah, you got it. That's, that's how I interpret it. It's kind of like, what? I mean, yeah. And, and, but the bigger issue to me is the people that they're trying to incentivize to invest don't have the money to invest in the first place, right? Like, it's not as if this money is just sitting around like, like and, and they're just deciding not to put it into the market or invest it. They don't have it. It's spent, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss as to understand why the, a proposal like this is so great for uh, the intended target, which is the, the, the lower and the middle class who don't have a, a representative sort of interest in stocks right now. That's what they're trying to do. And I don't see how this does that. To me, the removing of the pre-59 penalty does that. Because isn't that something that keeps people from using retirement vehicles because they recognize that the they're gonna they may need the money before then. Like to your point, they don't have enough to allocate extra money to something that they can't touch for thirty years, but something that they may be able to access in two, three, or five to buy a house to put a kid through college. I mean, to me, that changes its accessibility a bit. The advantages of the tax deferral are meaningless. Then what? Who cares if it, if you don't pay yeah, capital gains? during the time the, the money grows from 10 grand to 20 grand. Who cares? Like that's not even that important when you're paying tax on that gain anyway as it comes out. Like it should be really like a Roth, right? Like where you have already paid tax taxes on the income, you put it in there and whatever it grows to when it comes out, you're not paying any taxes on it. That would be important. I would never invest in this account. I agree. Ever. Yeah. I would just, if it was money that I may need to access, I would put it in a taxable account. I'd get capital gains treatment on the gain. And any other money that I knew I didn't need, I would put in a Roth IRA. And anyone, I mean, we, we talked about the, in, in a previous article about qualified plans, how many of them get ripped apart because people use them early and they pay taxes. Right. So this would help them, I guess, but mm -hmm. they can just save in a taxable account. Because like you just said, they're not going to benefit from tax deferral. Right. The one other aspect of it that would maybe matter is there's the talk about a match, which either comes from an employer or maybe even the government in certain conditions, let's say. So if the government was going to match a certain amount of the dollars that were contributed, then that, to me, that's a game changer. You, everybody should take advantage of that. Of course. That's never going to happen. But though. that's never going to not going to match your $10,000 contribution to... to, to 20% or something like that. It's not going to be right. anything meaningful. I mean, I just can't believe these these people can't... They can't figure out something that would be good for the investing public. Like a, a decent vehicle that they can turn to. Again, I think 
the whole premise is, okay, you look at stock ownership and it's way disproportionate. The top 1%, I'm just using that loosely, owns the vast majority of stocks. How do we get the, the, the rest of the 99% invested? Well, these incentives don't do it for me at all. This is not what will, I think, close the gap. This is just kind of a at the margin idea that if this was available, it's better than not having it, but it's not going to change behavior, I don't think. No, you would have to do other things like make credit available for people who can't get credit because then they can actually buy things. And But that's just another recipe for disaster. Look, it is what it is, man. People who make money can afford to invest in Roth IRAs and qualified plans, and the people that don't make enough can't. And there's no other way out of it. You can't, you can't create a way out of it by these stupid accounts like this. It just is what it is. Increase government entitlement programs. That, that's all you can do. But then that makes everyone unhappy that doesn't qualify for them. They just, there's, you, you can't make, you can't create a vehicle that's going to help someone who can't afford to contribute into that vehicle. You just can't. So why are they even bother trying? I think there's a big political aspect to it as well. The th- net result of this would be good for stocks, <laughs> good for markets. And, and I think that's and good for the current administration exactly. who's yeah. used the market performance yeah. to tout. Like- that's it. That's all it is, right? It's just a, a, a platform for someone to talk about. Hey, we did this. We created this. Right, and the intended beneficiaries are all of uh, right. this this constituency, and it's really not going to ever play out that way. Yeah, I'm curious to hear more about this vehicle and just, you know, what's going to happen is what always happens. It's going to get passed, and it's going to be meaningless, and no one's going to, once everybody understands how it actually works, no one's going to invest in it because I'd rather just do a taxable account and a Roth IRA. Now, if they were to go and the the payroll tax thing was mentioned as a potential area that they could cut. Mm-hmm. Now, if they were to replace that with something where those dollars were actually invested somewhere on behalf of the beneficiary, okay, better. Yeah. So instead of your, you know, twelve or fourteen percent of your the combined pay you know payroll tax that goes into the ether, um, if that was actually allocated to a um, to investment accounts, that, that would be something I would say, okay, that makes some, some sense. But again, I don't think that's at all possible because then you're blowing up the potential benefits that are available for current retirees. Yeah. And that market is too, but that demographic is too big and yeah. too many votes and it's politically charged and we're going to end up with nothing. <laughs> I mean, I think like we talked about with the 401k stuff, I mean, Jeff, you just said, if I could, if I had extra money, it would be a taxable account in Roth IRA. No one knows what those things are. True. Like, I think if we just bring the lens back a little bit, like people don't understand what their options even are. They look at their 401k, maybe someone's heard of a Roth, but a taxable account. Like, I think if you polled 10 people, they'd be like, oh, so it's income taxable. Like they would assume that there's an income yeah. tax implication to it. Yeah. I think there's just like such a, a lack of understanding around this stuff. I don't know whose job or responsibility it is to educate people on it because that's impossible or feels impossible. No, it's uh, yeah. Good. No, no, just one other thing. The other problem with, with touting tax deferral or tax free to this demographic is that they don't pay taxes anyway. 
Right. right. So it doesn't matter to them that right. there's a tax deferral feature or tax free. It just doesn't matter. The only people whose the tax deferral part matters to are those who are paying taxes. Right. The capital gains tax right. may actually it's be irrelevant. more than their current income tax rate. Right. Right. No, it's funny because that you said that, Meg, because I had a conversation with my brother-in-law maybe a year or two years ago. He's a smart guy. He loves finance. He loves investing. He worked for TD Bank. He works for JP Morgan now. And I was talking to him about his 401k. I'm like, look, man, you should contribute in your 401k as much as your employer will match. And then over and above that, you should open up a joint account, a taxable account for you and your wife and start piling money in there. That way, by the time you retire, you'll have a million bucks in your 401k and maybe a million bucks in your joint account. That way you have different tax pots to go to. And he was like, huh, that's a really good idea. Like I never even thought of that. And again, smart guy who's kind of in the, in the business, but just never thought of, because it's so easy to just salary deferral and put it in my 401k to, look, now you're going to create a giant bucket of money that you're going to owe income taxes on and just open up an account that is treated differently. And you're right. I mean, the only way to, I mean, no one's selling taxable accounts, right? Right. <laughs> right. It's only 401k providers. That's it. Yeah. All right. So... Open taxable accounts. <laughs> Yay, taxable yeah. accounts. <laughs> okay, uh, the next article is written by, or was written by Scott Galloway from his uh, blog, No Mercy, No Malice, and it's called Land of the Undead. I, I mean, he puts out a, a weekly, yeah, he writes a <laughs> weekly-ish, you know, blog or whatever, and, and he's very... He's very opinionated, but he's also very in tune with what's going on with like the big tech giants, the Amazons and the and in this particular case, he's talking about them and he's talking about the media companies like the, you know, the Comcasts and the the Netflixes and the, all those that are fighting over one another for the streaming wars and who's going to win. And it's just interesting because like I guess his take here more or less is that everyone's in trouble because Amazon is just so. Um, they're in such an advantageous position because of their distribution power and how much reach they have in everyone's life for the for the stuff they buy. Yeah, that it will be really easy for them to just expand that and crush everyone else in the in the content business, the media business. And yeah, I think he makes good points, and it's interesting. Right. Um, yeah, because unlike Netflix or Disney Plus, those two platforms are exclusively media content. Yes. There's nothing else you get, whereas you get Amazon Prime and access to any and every product on the planet in addition to Prime Video. Do you it, think Bezos, is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Do you think he thought that in advance? Like, we're going to, we have Amazon, which is awesome. If you sign up for Amazon Prime for free shipping, we're just going to give them this content piece, Amazon video. And then what's going to happen? Like, do you think he for, like he for, he foresaw that? And then we're just going to crush Netflix, Disney, HBO, because we own, like we're so sticky to these people. I'm going to say no, not really. I think he just kind of fell into it. Like the streaming wars emerged when I he think, had a platform. Yeah. I, I feel like that's probably what happened. Um, like we Netflix being the first really to do it and and to do it, you know, to like the magnitude that they did coincided with Amazon being 
this platform that people use for every retail need they could possibly think of and then having the ability to just throw money at your own content yeah and pay for content from other platforms to then be on your platform i feel like it was probably just good timing luck yeah yeah and i would probably guess he, he would probably agree with that i mean i think a lot of business just happens business like that just happens from Pure luck, man. But also the position Amazon's gotten themselves into with being as big and influential as they are and how much money they have. That's why every every industry who's worried about Amazon getting into it, like you know, CVS when that happened and now like financial services, they they're like freaking out because the they're they're in a position to just like crush you if they want to. Yeah. And that's his, that's Galloway's point over and over again. But then you have that whole wild card of like the regulatory right. risk where the government could come in and say, all right, we're no, no more. Right. <laughs> you guys right. are too, uh, too dominant, too monopolistic. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, and the one stat here is that, that's crazy is that he says in the past 13 months, Apple and Amazon have added the combination of these companies, Disney, AT&T, Time Warner, Fox, Netflix, Comcast, Viacom, MGM, Discovery. All of them combined, they've added that to their market caps. Their value has has grown by those guys combined. And it's just insane to think about how enormous Amazon is in, in, and Apple in terms of their valuation relative to everybody else. Did he Crazy. say it that way? Because the way you just said it, I understood. When I read it, when he wrote it, I had to reread that line like 15 times. He writes kind of quirky, yeah, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. He does. That's probably why you were struggling with it. Yeah. It's not easy to understand. I'm not, I'm not saying that like jo jokingly. It's, no. It's not easy to understand. I'm with you. I mean, I yeah. think he thinks I'm smarter than I am because I re I had to reread it like a, like a million times. And I was still like, I was like, hey, Meg, what the hell does this sentence mean? And she's like, I think he means that they're worth all of those other ones combined. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy stat. When and then he graphically displayed it, and you're like, "Holy shit!" I'm, I didn't realize Apple dominated that much of the content. Oh yeah, yeah. I just I, I didn't for, I for didn't whatever either. reason. I didn't I didn't. But again, I don't know that it's content. I think it's access to the content. So he talks Correct. about the way that we, as iPhone users and App Store users, get to Netflix, HBO, and it's through Apple. So Isn't they it get also a, through somewhere else, like a Google store? Right, there's Google Play, there's right. whatever Android market is, but I think it's because the majority of people have iPhones. Yeah. Um, that every app you buy, whether it, even if it's Netflix and you're using Netflix's <clears throat> content, you're buying it through the app store. Right. You're installing it through the app store on your phone. And so Apple gets a piece. So of all Apple that. gets yeah. a piece, even though I toll on everything, I download a Netflix app that doesn't cost me any money to download. Correct. They still get a piece yeah. of that. Correct. And his point is that distribution so incredibly powerful and his analogy, which was maybe not right, but his, he's like, people will choose a, a shitty seat and coach on an Airbus versus a first class cabin on the Queen Mary too. If you're going from New York to London, meaning like, 100% of the time, you're going to take the, the path of least resistance. I don't know what the Queen Mary is. So it's a boat. Could, I, it's a boat. Oh, okay. So I kind of... So first he class lost on me a boat. He lost me on that one. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, first class on a boat. But I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I just... I'm not smart enough for this guy's it's writing. It's not. Yeah, I think it's very interesting how 
lucky Amazon was with it. Because I think it was luck. They created Amazon Prime, which was awesome, is awesome. You get what you order within two days or less. And in addition to that, you got a video service, which when it came out was horrific. There was no content on Amazon video that anyone wanted to watch. But the fact is they had it and they had the platform. Right, and before Prime, they had the cl- they have the cloud, like the cloud yeah. portion of Amazon, which none of us real I don't I still don't even know what the cloud is, but like that's where Amazon started. Amazon started as a cloud software that then because of how many companies and people use that, they could afford to build Prime to what it was. And now here we have like that's the flywheel effect he's talking oh, about. Oh yes, the flywheel. He mentioned the flywheel. <laughs> flywheel. My God, flywheel! Come on, dude. I thought he meant the spinny thing when you're waiting for something that you're streaming to like to actually Loading. load. Loading. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that's not what he meant no, by flywheel, by the really. way. No, but they had Amazon got so big, and then they had all of these loyal customers, and they already had the platform for video. So then all they had to do is let's throw a bunch of money mm-hmm. at video to create awesome content that now people will engage. Like, dude, just totally either well thought out or a little bit of, of that and luck, which is just. Yeah. It's always a little bit of that. Yeah. But I mean, e- like, even even still, even knowing this, I don't think I've really dipped into Amazon video. I mean, I'm a Prime subscriber. I, can't, I don't think I can name a show that I've watched on it. Jack Ryan. I did watch that. Yeah, I knew there was one that I, I tuned into, which was good. What I like about um, Amazon's platform, the Prime Video, is that they get a lot of other content. So they have like the rent or buy feature. So you can get movies that are just released or even still in theaters through Prime, where like Netflix doesn't offer that. Hulu doesn't offer that. HBO and stars, you have to wait for them to be on those platforms. Now you pay for it, right? Like it's a $6 rental fee or whatever. And I can't say I've actually rented a ton of them, but it's an option. And I don't, and to me, that's, that's a differentiator. Yeah. It kind of turned me off. I didn't really, again, I'm not a, I wasn't a, a big Amazon prime video user. And I remember sitting around with the kids like, Oh shit, we have prime. Let's go see if there's anything on Amazon video. So I, I go to the app on my on our smart TV. I'm like, oh, sweet. That movie's available. Click. I'm like, shit, I got to yeah, pay gotta for pay it? You got to pay five bucks for it. Yeah. I already paid for Prime. I shouldn't have to pay. I'm not, I was like, I'm not renting a video from you guys. But you're I not going to be able to watch it anywhere else for free. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And that's the problem with Netflix is kind of run when the inventory uh, kind of runs dry, which yeah. I feel like it is now or you maybe it has nothing. been for a while. I'm like, all right, I'm out. I'll go to Prime and yeah. and pay five bucks for, for I something. I don't need another corny Netflix original yeah. something. Also, Fleabag on Amazon Prime is very good. Okay. Okay? Yep. Yes. The endless self-sustaining sign-stealing scandal. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> uh, this was an article on The Ringer written by Ben... Lindbergh. Um, this was a kind of summary of the Astros' recent cheating scandal. So they were found guilty of sign stealing during their 2017 and 2018 seasons, and the PR fallout since has been negative to say the least for the Astros and Major League Baseball. Players, fans, and commentators are expressing their disappointment with the punishment assessed specifically to the players on the team at the time. 
Um, Ben's article talks about the evolution and acceptance of sign stealing in baseball, why this time seems to be different, and what the fallout could look like as they start the next season. This was a pretty long article. Yeah. And in preparing for today, I kind of got fascinated with what happened. Yeah. Because I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention. Because I don't, I care kind of little about baseball, and I can care less about anything outside the Phillies. <laughs> right? Right. So the Houston Astros right. cheating to win the World Series. I, I really, but then I started doing some research on, holy shit, man. Like to watch a game. So I, I pulled video and you could hear them banging on a trash can right after the the catcher gave a signal to the point where one the, the pitcher stopped. He, he called timeout, brought the catcher because and you can hear him say like I heard it, and he he knew they were they were banging a trash can right before he would throw a change up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You've been shaking so your head. So far, <laughs> so far, I see no problem. But isn't it the way that they obtain the signs? How how do they obtain the signs? How did that? Is it is it a runner on second base who's like no no see, they mean, planted like cameras. cameras and then they had then they had um, ca- television televisions in the dugout that were that they were relaying the information to and then they were banging on the trash cans. So, like, the part of where Ben starts this article is he tries to explain that for a long time. It's always happened. It's always happened. And that... They had guys in the scoreboards that were doing this. Yeah. yeah. And that, like, for... In a lot of cases, when I guess there were other incidents of it, there wasn't a ton of blowback because everybody did it. But then, at some point, they implemented a rule where you couldn't use electronic devices. So that's where the filming of that's what the issue is. They filmed the other teams to steal the signs. Yeah, I guess. Which and like it, you're at a competitive advantage. Like if everybody gets to film, then fine. But if you're the only team filming, you shouldn't be allowed to do it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and I think in the past no, I, I, I'm I'm kidding. I agree. I agree that that's like crossing the line. But I mean, I think about football and and intercepting play calls and radioing down from like above, like what's coming up. But you're not allowed to videotape the other team's practice to figure out what those play calls mean. If you pick up on at it in mid, Patriots. yeah. <laughs> if you right. pick up on it mid game, absolutely have at it. But that's not what they were doing. And I think it because it was so coordinated mm-hmm. versus like. One guy on the Dodgers back in 1958 right. was like figuring out something. This was coordinated. Coaches knew, players knew, no one stopped it. And then how it's being handled from discovery. Like they knew about it. Who, who's What's the commissioner's name? Rob Manfred. They knew about it in 17, didn't do anything. And then it happened in 18 and it was happening in 19. And then the Astros organization coming out and every PR they put out makes them look worse than they did before. And then the commissioner coming out of baseball, did you hear this? He came out and he said, because they talked about stripping the Astros of their yeah. championship or World, uh, World Series title. He goes, it's just a piece of metal, is what he called the trophy. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, then he came out a day That's later funny. and apologized 
for that. And the players are just losing their I minds. love where, where like all these pitchers are like, yeah, I gave up five runs in the fifth inning to the Astros that time I got sent down to the minors, and now my career's over, and blah, 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 and I'm going to sue, and all this other There's stuff. There's multiple pitchers that yeah. are, are, are absolutely vocal and complaining about it, and there are multiple suing as well. I find it humorous because it's <laughs> if baseball. If it was hockey, yeah. yeah. No, but yeah. because it's baseball, and it's so, you know, the traditionalist aspect of baseball drives me insane yep. to begin with, and... Now, I'm not saying that this is right or acceptable. It's it, it crossed the line, but get over it. All right, they got caught. Find them. Fire the GM. I don't care. Move on. Like I don't see why. No. D- okay. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I mean, it's also about like the the time the time over which it occurred. They had real success. Obviously, the World Series. They were in like the NLC or the ALCS. To, like they beat other teams who didn't have the same advantage that they did but there will be no way to go back and really figure out how much of it was due to the sign stealing there's no way that sucks like to be on the losing side of and not knowing what your team would have done what success your team could have experienced so so what do they get like the death penalty for a year and they can't play they got nothing i think you you definitely take away the world series you just say that no one won it in 17 i mean that's my beef no player got punished no player got punished because they were all given immunity because be they on- helped out to be honest about what happened. Yeah. And that was what the player association came back and said, we will give them all immunity, which the player association shouldn't even have done that. That's ridiculous. These, these players have to be punished for what they did, but they can't do it now because some of them are on different teams now. So that's going to hurt. Right, if I played for the Astros and now I play yeah. for the Phillies and I'm a good player and you bench me because that hurts the and, Phillies and I didn't do anything and 100%, wrong. And 100, like the 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 pitchers who got their stats crushed because yeah. they were getting you know teed off on and now they're it hurts them in their wallet. That yeah. sucks. I agree. But and here's the deal: the cheating that was done prior in baseball wasn't discovered until decades later because there was no technology involved. In today. With literally them banging on a trash can, they were able to go to every game and document when they were cheating. So it's happened. It was discovered so much faster. I mean, it's never happened where they cheated and we knew it immediately. Other than there was like a pitcher for the Phillies, I remember, who glued a, a nail file into his glove. Do you remember this? No. I forget the guy's name. <laughs> what does a nail file do? So he, he would rub the, the ball with a nail file which would allow yeah. it to have more action. A lot, lot more it. English yeah, on it. Yeah, a lot of more English on it. So then I remember the, the, the um comes out and like, let me see your glove. And then you show this glove and it's got a nail file glued inside like of it. right into the inside, inside of, the of the glove. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. But yeah, of I think it's- it was a Philly. It, might, it probably wasn't, but what, what do I know? <laughs> but just this, the, I became pretty fascinated with the, the, the strategy that they developed, the amount of people that were involved, how the Astros handled it, how the commissioner of baseball handled it. I mean, I think it's just a complete cluster. I don't think any of it was handled correctly. Can anyone, I mean, you got to be able to think of something a little more, a little less obvious than banging on a trash can. No, like have a guy like in center field, who's like doing, you know, making like a body movement. That's, you know, well, then they started wearing the buzzers, right? I don't think that was true. I think that was fake, but I don't know. 
I mean, the one guy, they have that clip of whatever that guy's name was. He hits the walk-off, and then he runs, tells his teammates not to tur- rip off his jersey. He later said it was because he had a, an unfinished tattoo. Yeah, and there's tattoo. photo evidence that he didn't have oh, really? a tattoo. Okay. Yeah, okay. people were, like, pulling his Instagram pictures That's to funny. see. He was, like, he was in the at the beach or whatever to see if there was any sort of tattoo being started. And then he goes to the locker room, changes his shirt, and comes back for post-game. Wow. The other part of it that was talked about in the article was that the it's because it, it's the Astros as well, right? Everybody hates the Astros, right? Because they're just, I don't know, like questionable ethics beyond this whole thing too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know about that, but <laughs> that's so, what it said. It's like if it was any other team, it might it might not be this kind of if reaction. If it was Boston and New York, oh, it would be worse. <laughs> probably right, yeah. If it was L.A. or Philly, it might be worse. <laughs> so I'm very curious to see, very curious to see how the start of the baseball season goes because players and ex players are talking about, we're going to throw at every rib cage of every Houston player when the season starts and there's going to be brawls left. Cause I think players are pissed, pissed at the Astros specifically and the players that were on that team when it happened. So I'm really like, I'll, I'll tune in to Astros <laughs> game one. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I care that much. I'm not going to watch any more baseball this season because of it. I will say, all this being said, did it really provide that much of an advantage? You hear a trash can being banged a quarter of a second before a ball comes out of the pitcher. Like, did they really have that much time? To, they're already trying to process in their brain what the pitcher's going to throw. But if you know you're getting a fastball. It was yeah. so split second. I just... I. I think we're discounting how, even though we talk a lot of shit on baseball right. players, I think we're discounting how good they are at what yeah. they do. Yeah, and if you take the guesswork out of what's coming, I think it's like but it's, Mike it was, Trout said that he was like, "If I was up, and now he's like probably the best player in the league, but he's like, if I was up there and knew what was coming, you know how much fun that would be." <laughs> yeah, like he laughed at it. I, I just don't understand. It, it was so split second. It's not like he got to the to the batter's box and was like, all right, first ball is going to be a fastball. No, it didn't work that way. They had to wait for the catcher to give the sign. So I didn't watch any of the video or listen to the trash can stuff, but why was why were they allowed to do that in the middle of like a pitcher's wind-up and delivery? It wasn't as loud as, as okay. it sounds like when you when you talk about it. When you watch it, you really have to listen. You have to listen for it. But you can okay. hear it. Fair enough. And I guess if, if you're on, if it's coming out of the dugout, it's even – a little more amplified somewhat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't I can't wait to see <laughs> like how it all plays out. All right. Uh top five. TV shows you watched as a kid, no cartoons allowed. Yeah, so I'll Kid is pretty big age range. Yeah. And as I did research for this, I clearly watched a lot of cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> because like, oh, that was a great one. Oh, cartoon can't include it. All right, um, I'm gonna go first because you guys aren't gonna know any of mine. I think I, I will. Don't think I'm gonna know any of yours. Yeah, probably true. Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. It was nope. <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it was on Nickelodeon. It was a combination of like American Ninja Warrior, Survivor. It was like a and then like Jeopardy elements. It was like a physical competition you climb shit and like you did like zip lines and stuff then you had to do puzzles and answer questions correctly i remember that show yeah there were like three teams of two 
Yes. Yeah. I think it was four teams of two, and then you eliminated someone. And they and won, like, else. vacation packages, and the parents were there and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Um, Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Okay. You've heard of that. Not right? a big fan. Absolutely. I just, I never. Yeah. Like, my buddies loved Saved by the Bell. Oh, really? Yeah. It's that old? Yeah. So did I, I didn't watch it real time then. I must have watched like reruns. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably watched reruns. But my buddies loved it. Like they would literally quiz each other out at the bar on Saved by the Bell trivia. Yeah, they were a hmm. little little over the top about it. Uh, sound they sound really. Lame. Yes, sounds, sounds, <laughs> you shouldn't awesome. tell other people that. Um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Familiar. It was like Saturday morning. Didn't she have or the, like, TGI Friday? Friday didn't, night. Didn't Sabrina have that like puppet cat? wasn't a puppet it was a real cat oh was it Salem. a real cat yeah. yeah um full house and lizzie mcguire i remember lizzie mcguire too yeah i remember mm. all of them <laughs> then did you follow her into film uh hillary duff yeah um i would say not really she did a disney channel original movie cadet kelly that i didn't really enjoy sounds awful <laughs> um what films has she been in she did one she was in Cheaper by the Dozen. Cheaper by the Dozen. That's yeah. Um, I actually like her a lot now. Like, I follow her on Instagram, and I think she seems pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Sure, Hillary Duff is super okay. cool. Okay. Who's next? You want to go? Your uh, I'll go, because okay. because Megan's going to be like, uh, were these in black and white or color? <laughs> but, um, and I went kind of like, when you said kid, I was thinking, like, pretty young. Like, not, well, anyway, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through these. No order. I got Gilligan's Island. Wait, was that black and white? No. No. I think it was in an eight. No, no, no. They no. added color. <laughs> Gilligan's Island, Brady Bunch, same, same era. Oh, my God. I mean, this is like coming home from school when you're like in elementary. And, yeah. you know, um, I got Happy Days, which was prime time during the day, during those days. And it was, I mean, I mean everyone was watching. Family Ties, I'm going to throw in there. It's probably the most recent one of the bunch for me. Yeah. That was in the 80s, I believe. Mid-80s-ish. And then Three's Company. I've probably seen every episode of Three's Company at least five times. How many Mr. Furleys were there? <laughs> well, there's only one Mr. Furley, but there was a Mr. Roper. Uh, okay, Roper. Which was, yeah, and, and uh, Don Knotts played Mr. Furley. <laughs> after that. So I watched all of those. Yeah. And they were all There great. were three Chrissy. Well, there was Chrissy Snow. It was the original. Yeah. You know, Suzanne Summers. And then there was another one and then another one. I can't, I'm blanking on their <laughs> names right now. But but John Ritter was awesome. He was great. He's dead, right? Yes. Yeah. He was great in that show. So he was on another show as a father. It was some, like Rules to Date My Teenage Daughter or something with Kaylee Cuoco, who was on Big Bang Theory. And I liked that. And I always liked John Ritter. Yeah. But, like, that's what I think of when I think of John Ritter. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think about your list. No, so I watched all those. I've watched the majority of the ones you mentioned, too, Meg. So I've kind of realized I, wa I don't think my parents hung out with me. <laughs> literally at all. Between all of the, like, non-cartoon shows we watched, all the cartoon shows we watched, and then all the video games we played, I don't think my parents hung out with me at all your tv was your babysitter yeah so well strangely there's been zero overlap um that's not that surprising i thought mike and i might overlap a little bit so i went with um 
227. What's that? I don't know. It was two, <laughs> two ladies that lived in an apartment and the number was 227. It was, you guys don't remember? No Never heard of it. Two yeah. ladies? Like, yeah. Why were, what they were, were they like, doing? I don't know if they were sisters. I don't remember. I don't know if they were sisters or neighbors. Is this a porn? I don't think so. Alf? Never was a big fan of Alf, but I've I've, I've seen it, obviously. Very original because he was an alien. So Alf stands for alien life form. Mm-hmm. He ate cats. All Remember true. he used to like to eat cats. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh yep. Prince. Go on. Uh, American Gladiators. Was a big fan of American Gladiators. So that was sort of almost like American Ninja Warrior before... Right? Didn't they do like obstacle courses so kind of stuff? Didn't was, they like stand on the balance beam and oh, hit each other yeah. with a foam stick? They yeah, had yeah. like superhero humans, yeah. right? Like <laughs> giant like weightlifter bodybuilder types, like CrossFit people. And normal humans try to compete, like try to complete like obstacle courses. <laughs> just get Dude, remember? Smoked in like it. the end final like obstacle, they like one of the gladiators had a cannon that shot tennis balls at like 120 miles an hour yeah, at yeah. the contestants. That's a great one. It's so that would entertaining. actually be good, like fun to go back and watch now. Oh, it was great. <laughs> and if they got bean with a tennis ball, they were out. So uh, they had to dodge tennis balls? Oh, come literally 120 miles an hour. And then didn't they have like the jousting thing where ah. they had the two giant like barbell yep. things and they were just like they looked like giant um what are the Q-tips? Q-tips, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and they yeah. were standing on like platforms 30 <laughs> feet above the ground. Yeah. And the gladiator would just beat the shit out of the, the normal size human until they fell off the platform. What did yeah. they win? Did they win money if I they forget, beat a gladiator? But it was, it was phenomenal. And then my last one would be Cops. I mean, I think we watched cops. way too many episodes of Cops. <laughs> oh, my God. Felt so yeah. much better about ourselves after yeah. we watched an episode. Yeah. That's good. That's okay, good so 227 is a real show. Follows the lives of a group of middle-class people living in an apartment building. That's the description. <laughs> yeah, let's green light that one. Sounds great. <laughs> All right. We good? We're good. We're good. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Over now. Thanks for listening, guys. As I mentioned last time, if you have any interest in learning more about Mike, Jeff, myself, or our firms, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project, be sure to visit our websites, www.financialcoachgroup.com or www.thenewwealthproject.com. And be sure to follow our Twitter account at UntuckedPod for updates on new episodes. See you next time.